welcome, it's good to have you here. My name's Abby and until very recently I was on staff at All Saints, um, first as an ordinad and then as a curate and now I lead Holy Trinity South Woodford which is not far away, a couple of parishes down the road. Um, so it is great to be back with you on the All Saints live channel. I've really been enjoying all the content that's been put out by you guys so, so far, so nice to be able to join in with it today. It's such a beautiful day, again, um, I'm sitting on the kind of right side of the house, always trying to chase the sun around as much as possible. We've been so blessed by the weather, haven't we? And it's been really great to be able to be outside a bit more as well over the long Easter weekend and other things. But I want to talk to you today about life in lockdown and the way that our emotional journey kind of changes in lockdown because all of our external stuff is different. Actually, our internal world is different too. And God knows about that and he cares about that and he's with us in that. He wants to bless us in all the changes that we're going through and to hold us. He's not like a puppet master um, making everything happen, coronavirus over here and that kind of thing. He doesn't manage the world like that. How he manages the world is like this, holding it. It says in Jeremiah, underneath are the everlasting arms. So today I want to remind you that God is holding you, he's holding the world, he's grieving with us as we walk through these difficult days and he wants us to know his presence and his life with us in these days. So we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 1 and if you're an All Saints sir, I'm sorry because I know it's not been very long since you did a we're coming back to it and I think it is good to do so because there's a lot that we can draw from those times. So let me read without further ado 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 to 9. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, a greater worth than gold which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Such great words. And I feel like we could talk for hours about those quite complex sentences and um, all the content that is in that passage. There's loads to say, but 
I just want to concentrate on a few things this morning. Firstly, I started at verse 1 rather than at the usual place, which is verse 3, because Peter talks about the exiles, the exiled people of God who are scattered into the provinces. And there's something for us in considering ourselves to be the exiled people of God at this time. Now, I'm not a fan of kind of over-identifying with things that are actually really serious and bad, but I am a fan of kind of taking what we can from those things. So I don't want to ham up our situation. But at the same time, the people of Israel in the Old Testament who were exiled, they were carried off to Babylon against their will. And they weren't able to worship in the way that they'd usually worship. They liked to worship in their festivals at the temple in Jerusalem. They would have their local synagogues where they'd go. They would have their customs linked to the land, to where they were. They also had each other and their social communities set up. And then they were all kind of carted off together and just dumped down and they lost that sense too. And their way of life, their routines, even daily, were imposed from outside, from their new ruling power. I don't know if you can see the similarities, but there are some. In fact, our daily routines have been really disrupted because now we're told we've got to stay in unless we're key workers and thank you God for all of you who are key workers who are keeping our country running at this time. We're so grateful for you. But even if you're a key worker, I reckon your routine has been disrupted. Things are a bit different for you. Our way of worshipping is really different and actually we're losing our usual customs and our ways of celebrating the year that we do, like Easter. We had Easter at home rather than Easter at church. And we're losing the kind of social interactions that we usually have as well. The social kind of systems that we have, the people that we might see at baby group or toddler group or at work or at school. All of those people, now we're not really seeing or we're kind of texting or seeing them on Zoom once a week. Loads of things are different for us externally. So there is a lot in common with us being in exile. And actually, as a people of God, Peter wasn't talking quite about that Babylonian experience, but about a different experience of persecution of the people of God being scattered into the provinces. And what were they going to do when they'd been sent out of the place that had held them and that had been their kind of spiritual home? He says, grace and peace be yours in abundance. And I don't know about you, but I'm definitely in need of a lot of grace and a lot of peace. Yeah, I don't even know what more to say than that. But the peace of God is so important right now in our lives. And I know that I need the forgiveness of God for my poor attitudes and poor actions and the grace of God that just pours into my life. And it does unmerited it's not because I am doing a much better job at being a Christian now I've got fewer distractions. In fact, much of the time it feels like I'm doing a worse job of following God because the usual scaffolding that I have to help me is stripped away. But grace and peace can be ours in abundance through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
I want to suggest three things to you today that might help you on your emotional journey through lockdown. Because as things change externally, they change internally for us as well. The first thing that I want to suggest that can really help is to name emotions before God. Naming our emotions before God can help us so much. Because often our emotions at times like this can feel like a tangled ball of wool. We know they're there. But we can't quite work out which one is which and why we're feeling like this and why we just snapped at that person and why we cried then, not then. And how come we feel okay this day? It all feels like a bit of a jumble at times like this. But when we take those emotions to God, he helps us to tease out that knotted ball and to lay our emotions out so we can see them for what they are and get that clarity. That's what God can bring to our lives. He brings us the clarity about our emotions so that we can continue on in love and service. Naming things before God is something that King David did absolutely brilliantly. He can be our inspiration in this. If you look back to the Psalms, that's basically a long diary almost of David's life. It's a life lived before God, authentically out there, intense, the highs and the deep lows. He wrote his Psalms when he was fleeing for his life, when he was glorifying God for the wonderful creation and when he had really and royally screwed up. David knew that laying himself bare before God was the beginning of intervention from God. Being honest with God, allowing God in to help us sort through our emotions is such an important first step. I keep hearing lots of people say, I know loads of people have got it worse than me, but it's still really hard. Or I know there are people out there who are really struggling and I'm not really struggling, I'm just struggling. Or people who are thinking, actually, I'm kind of enjoying lockdown because it's giving me a freedom and a slowness that I didn't have before. But then that brings me a confusion that maybe I shouldn't be enjoying it. I should be struggling more or grieving more for the national and international situation. Name your emotions before God. Name your situation and he will help you find a way through. A couple of practical things that can help you. The first one is journaling. I'm an intermittent journaler and a reluctant one really at that. I know it's good for me and actually I kind of enjoy it when I get going but I find it hard. I find it hard to be consistent and to get going with really getting into a good routine. Sometimes I guess it just feels a bit cumbersome and like it takes a long time through the end of my pen to get down all I want to say. But if you know that that helps you, do it. Now's a good time to pick up the habits like that that you know help you. If writing things down is really not your thing and you know it's not really going to help, I'd suggest doing voice notes on your phone. See if you can 
just record, not for anyone else, but just some notes about each day or each couple of days, how you're feeling. I just reacted like this to my kids and I don't really know why. God, would you just show me what it really is that's stressing me out? And I really believe that as we speak to God about these things, he does show us, sometimes in really amazing and surprising ways. David often says in his Psalms, why, my soul, are you so downcast within me? And maybe that's a cry of your heart at the moment. Actually, there's another layer on top of your emotions of just confusion. Like, why do I feel like this? David often follows that up with, put your hope in God. So I'd encourage you to name your emotions. Ask God, why do I feel like this? Don't feel bad for feeling bad. Romans 8 verse 1 says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If lockdown and the social distancing has really upset your routine that was helping you, Don't feel guilty about it on top of everything. It is stressful. We don't need to compare ourselves and say other people must have it much worse. Because once we go down that route, we can go down that route so far. But God never compares one to another. He just comes to us where we are. He comes to us in love and in compassion, with his grace and with his peace. And there is no condemnation whether you're loving lockdown and feeling a bit weird about loving it, or whether you're really struggling, whether your anxiety has come to the fore and you don't know what to do, bring it to God, offer it to him, and he will help you. Now, the second thing is to accept your emotions. Now, this might sound a bit similar, but actually, hear me out, it's a bit different. Accepting your emotions after naming them is actually recognising that we can experience a range of emotions at the same time without really any um, conflict of situation. It's not wrong to feel happy and sad at the same time or to feel confused yet very clear about what we want to do at the same time. We often talk in new wine circles and in others about the now and the not yet of the kingdom of God. And that is so helpful for us at this time. This passage talks about the not yet, what's coming for us, the inheritance that is waiting for us. It's an inheritance that's going to never perish, spoil or fade. Those are amazing words, and I love to go into those three words more, but I'll wait for, you know, 1 Peter round three to do that. But there's loads waiting for us. The resurrection of Jesus shows us that death is not the end, that in fact death has been beaten, and eternal life is our inheritance. That's what's waiting for us. It is absolutely extraordinary and amazing and joyful. It's wonderful news. There is great joy, great hope in the resurrection. But at the same time, Peter says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Peter doesn't say, Oh, you might feel a bit down every now and again. He actually says he will suffer grief. 
grief is real. And it might be grief because of death, but it also can be grief because of the loss of a routine, a loss of our way of life. Maybe you've lost your job or you've lost a sense of purpose in your job. Maybe you're in now in a situation which is very difficult in a way that you didn't expect. It's okay to accept that things are hard. Now hear me out because I'm not saying that we always accept the situation, particularly if you are in a dangerous situation, in domestic abuse or child abuse or a situation like that, please do not accept that situation but seek help because there is help out there. But what I'm saying is, whatever we're feeling, we can know that we will always be in this weird tension between our joy at the resurrection and our pain because death still exists in the world. Loss still exists. But in that tension, in the now and the not yet, Jesus comes into that. I think it is phenomenal that when we read the stories about the risen Jesus, he comes to Mary who is weeping in the garden. He comes to his disciples who've locked the doors out of fear and says, peace be with you. He comes to Thomas, who was full of doubt. He couldn't believe until he saw. And Jesus didn't tell him off, but came and showed himself to him. And he comes to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, who had lost all hope. And he explains bit by bit and then reveals himself to them at the breaking of the bread. Jesus comes to us in our pain, in our confusion, in our doubt, in our hopelessness. He's so gentle with us. But he is leading us to not only name our emotions before the Lord, but also to accept the tension that we live in the hope of the resurrection. We have this living hope and the glorious and inexpressible joy but we also suffer grief and all kinds of trials. We can be, in the power of the Spirit, those who actually live with the pain of the world and with the hope of the resurrection at the same time. We know that God heals, he loves us, he's with us by his Spirit. But at the same time, things are hard. Our world is broken. COVID-19 is killing people. But we know that God knows, God cares underneath the everlasting arms and we can trust God. And the third thing, when we name things, we accept them, we can choose what to feed in our emotions. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says, take every thought captive to Christ. And that is a watchword for us in these days because it is so easy when a thought of fear flies in, to ruminate on it and let it land in us and to grow in us so it, that it feels overwhelming. But what we can do is take it captive, have a good look at it and say, do I want you to stick around? And if it's a thought of fear or of hopelessness, we can say in Jesus' name, no, I reject that. And when we have a thought of hope 
or a reminder of the glorious resurrection or the peace of God comes on us. We can take that too and have a good look at it and say, do I want this to stay around in my life, to make a home in my heart and say yes. So we take that thought captive and we let it make a home in us. We can't think our way out of everything. And it may be that you need medication, you need some professional therapy and help and counselling. That's absolutely fine and legitimate. We can't think our way out of everything, but we do have more power than we ever realise up here in our minds. We can make changes because God gives us, by his spirit, that power to take every, every thought captive. So I'd really encourage you to scrutinise your thoughts. You accept your emotions as what they are, but you don't have to let all of them linger on in your life. You don't have to let all of them take root. Some of them you just accept and say, yeah, I'm actually feeling quite depressed at the moment. But you don't need to let that become your narrative. You might be feeling afraid at the moment. But you can say, but God comes to me when I'm afraid. Because I know that because I read it in scripture and I've experienced it in my own life. So actually, when those feelings of fear come, I say, no thanks. And I look at the promises of God and I call them to mind and then I have hope. I can have the peace of God that passes understanding. God wants us to be living in faith and in peace and in hope. We can choose what story we live by. We want to be cameos in the story of God rather than God being a cameo in our story. And we can do that by choosing what we listen to and receiving and letting the thoughts of God, of the peace of God, rest in us and saying no to the rest. God, it says in 1 Peter 1, is shielding us with his power. He's protecting us. He wants us to be growing and knowing and becoming strong in faith. So why don't we pray as your emotions change, just remember, name them to the Lord, accept them for what they are and the tension of the now and the not yet and choose what you're going to live by. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you come to us. I thank you that even in the resurrection, you came back to your followers who were grieving. You met with them with your gentleness. You brought them your peace, your hope, your joy. So we ask that for us, whatever we're feeling today, that you would come and fill us with your spirit. Help us to take every thought captive. Help us to fix our eyes on that which will last forever, our inheritance of eternal life with you. Lord, as we grieve and as we pour out our love for other people in prayer, we ask that you give us a heavenly perspective, that those things are real but that they're temporary.
show us the way, God. We are in uncharted waters, but we thank you that even if we don't have a map, you will guide us. So show us the way through these days, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you and hopefully see you all very soon. Bye.